Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our topic is called Boundaries. Ooh. I know, eh? I just want to add the sound effects. Yeah. I think this is going to be a heavy one. So I think the sound effects are uh, necessary for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you jumping into the series at this point, uh, Greg and I have been friends for a long time and uh, we've been bantering back and forth. So I think things are cool between the two of us. Is that correct, Greg? Yes, that is correct, Alistair. And I know all our listeners are always really worried about that point in our relationship. So uh, we've both been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us with our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others can often miss the mark. We almost often start from the employee's perspective. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. We're going to have a good discussion. We are going to have a good discussion. We actually, we always have great discussions, and uh, and this topic is something that, as you say, it's a tough one and uh, can be a very frustrating experience. So I look forward to this one. And I think we're all guilty of this to a certain extent. Maybe guilty isn't the right word, but I think we all do this to a certain extent. Yeah, and not, and not with bad intent, often with good intent, but still the impact is often not great. I agree with that. So let's uh, set this up. You're in charge of a project, an issue or a job, maybe with a team in which you experience some or all of the following. Your boss takes an extreme interest in the matter. They have a series of meetings and discussions with your teammates without you being there or maybe even knowing about it. They continually have informal discussions with team members without you present. They meet or communicate with outside consultants without you. They meet or communicate with stakeholders without you. They dominate the discussions at meetings with the group. You find out that there are retroactive expectations. You always feel like you're two or three meetings out. And the boss always front loads what they think, trying to be transparent. It comes out like the decision is made and they're just inviting dissent, if you dare. The decision has probably already been made. Your group doesn't know if you're really in charge and you feel lost. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? I think that last point in particular, you feel lost, is really a good descriptor of, of uh, the situation. And in fact, the, the relationship is lost. Confidence, trust, confusion, it just creates such a mess uh, and, and at, at a minimum is ineffective um, and even more, um, uh, uh, more, more could be really uh, disruptive and uh, disengaging, and you can often result in losing great people, and at a minimum, losing the focus of great people. Yeah, when I, we were thinking about uh, this topic, and we kind of went through a development uh, phase with it, and this one's been around on the books kind of for since the beginning, I think, and I, we're now just getting to it, and. and I've been the employee uh, in a good situation where somebody was doing this for probably the right reasons and the wrong reasons. But uh, as I go back and I think about my experience as a manager or leading something, I have probably been that manager as well with the best of intentions. But at the same time, it still causes a bunch of things to happen. So 
in in this topic, uh, I've been the person that's had to live with this situation, but I've also been the person that has probably caused the situation because I, maybe the topic was uh, interesting to me. Maybe I had a lot invested in it, but I can see this topic uh, from both sides. Yeah, and I would say that I've probably found myself more in the creator of this situation as a leader. And again, to your point, it was driven by enthusiasm and driven by excitement, sometimes even driven by a desire to help someone be successful. But somewhere along the line, you lose, you lose the line. And, and when your an intention crosses over to a negative impact, you are like, oh my goodness, uh, 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 I'm running this project and my people are feeling horrible. Uh, and that's never the intention. Uh, but it, I've had more than uh, a few times where I have found myself in that place. And now as a leader, uh, I try to watch this really carefully. And I think it's hard as a manager, as a leader, there's been some times where I probably wasn't aware that I had crossed the line. And I really like that, um, uh, that kind of way that you were looking at it. But there's been a couple times afterwards, after a couple exchanges and, and meetings and stuff, I go, okay, I have obviously stepped over the line and been too involved because I, I'm, I'm getting some attitude or some pushback, or there's just been an emotional reaction, or there's a change in the dynamic. So I think this is a really good uh, topic. Uh, it's taken us a while to get to it. And it was in the front of our book, you know, and we're just getting to it now. But I, I think this is going to be a really good conversation. I agree. Let's get down to some common sense here. What are some simple things to make boundary issues a better experience? Because that's what we want. We don't want anybody to harbor resentments towards their boss. We want to do the thing that we do, get along and be part of a good thing. So I think the first one, as a boss or manager in any scenario or discussion that you're present, it affects everyone. Sometimes to a large extent, depending on your personality. And there's some questions here. Do you really need to go to the project or group meetings? Do you add value to the meeting? Or do you just think you need to be there? Does the group or project group really need you there? Yeah, that's really, really important um, to ask those questions up front. And, you know, one of the terms that I've used in a couple of the other podcasts is the importance of being planfully quick. And what I mean by that is spending time up front, thinking through things, asking the right questions with the right people around the table helps so much to ensure that the speed of which your project flows and the results get delivered happens so much quicker and more effective. And so some of those questions are really, are really powerful. The one thing that I would say even before that is know yourself. Uh, and, and if you know yourself and are aware of where do I get you know, excited about things, What's my personality? You, you, you describe that depending on my personality. What is my personality? If I'm an extrovert and if I'm a high energy leader, if I'm an excitable person, being aware of that is, is really important first. And then you will know, do I need to be more involved or do I not need to be more involved? Because often the people who are most hindered by the boundaries issue are those that are higher energy, um, probably more extroverted, um, although anybody can be impacted by it. Uh, but once you know yourself, then asking those questions um, 
and not only asking them of yourself, but have a conversation with the person leading the project around those questions. But I think it does start with, okay, what's my role here? Who am I? How do I tend to show up? How do I feel about this topic? Um, and based upon those answers, uh, then let's go into the questions around my involvement. Yeah, I really like that. And I think there's a, there's a certain self-awareness aspect to this. There's some bosses that when they sit in a room at a meeting that somebody else is chairing, they don't, uh, they just slip in. They're very uh, even, they don't change the uh, chemistry of the room. And there's other people, the minute they come in, their personalities are just so big. Their presence is so big. And I think part of what you're talking about is, you know, what type of person am I? When I come into the room, do, does everybody just defer to me anyway? no matter who else is in charge of this project or this group or whatever. And I think that's a, a really good thing to realize that if you walk in the group, because I've had all sorts of bosses. I had, I've had bosses that will sit in the room and I've forgotten that they're sitting there and I have other bosses. As soon as they walk in, I go, okay, what do they want to do? Like they're in charge. And I think we, as bosses, as managers, as leaders need to know what type of person we are and what are, what kind of chemistry are we bringing into the room? Yeah, and also what kind of person uh, is leading the project and what do they need? Uh, you know, because it is sometimes they may need some nudging. Uh, sometimes they may need nothing. So how do you think through not only who I am and how I'm showing up, but who's the project lead and how best do I support them in having full ownership over the project and being successful in it? I find myself in some of these situations where maybe the person leading the group, they're newer or maybe not as strong as a leader, but they're the person that needs to do a job. Sometimes I almost have to physically sit on my hands because I don't want to, I want to give them the space to do what they have to do to grow and do these things. And I just know that, you know, I'm, I just want to get things done, right? You know, Greg, you know me, I just get things done and that's what I like to do. But sometimes you have to give people a little bit of room, a little bit of space to do what they do. They, they will get it done and uh, they're just growing. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And you kind of uh, touched on this, but be aware of your emotions in relation to a project issue or job or the people involved. Are you nervous, anxious, or maybe even possessed about this project? People will see this and sense this and perhaps even feed off that emotion. Yeah, and I love the fact that you've captured the emotions in relation to a bunch of different things. So one, it's the project. We already talked about that. I might be, I might, or the issue. I might be excited about it, or I might have a real opinion, and I might need to, to look at it or the job. But also the people, you know, how do, I, I may have an attitude towards the person who's leading it. I might have a bias that I think, well, this is how they're going to approach it. Um, and, and that can result in how I show up. And to your point, people see and feel it, how you show up. Um, so knowing this and just being aware of this is key. And, you know, we've talked a lot about in other podcasts that, you know, the power of learning to be more mindful and meditate. And, and honestly, all of that stuff is mostly about understanding, uh, how energy shows up in you, uh, and, and, because as the energy bubbles up in you, you know the emotions are quickly behind those. Uh, and, uh, and so that allows you to be more reflective and catch yourself uh, as a leader in a room. Self-awareness again. Yeah, exactly. And be clear about your expectations on the project and be careful if you change those. There are times when expectations change, you know, the, the whatever 
you're doing, there could be a, a change in outside people or groups, but this is where communications is so important that you need to communicate with people, say, listen, Greg, uh, I know this was the expectation we set. These factors have changed and we're going to have to move it up or put it off or whatever. It's all about giving context to what the changes are about so that people understand and they can buy in. Yeah. And again, that's that early on dialogue. And I would say, uh, be clear about the shared expectations. So have a conversation. What do you need? But also, what do they need? And then how are each of us, uh, what do each of us need to do in order to make this happen? What's my role? What's your role? And then I love that added piece is that, and you know what stuff is going to change because the most constant thing we know there is change. So if something changes, what is our way of shifting? And if you have that conversation, you don't even have to be really specific, but you have to be directional that you know. So you've got an agreed upon playbook as how you're going to, to uh, manage it. And I often also say, when I screw up, let's talk about when I screw up. What, you know, what are, what are we going to do when I do get excited and I go off knowing who I am? Uh, okay, well, here's, here's the signal or, and here's the response. You know, having that conversation up front, um, I see you smiling, does create that little energy of positiveness and humor uh, with the reality. I like that. I really do. And I'm going to put the next two together because I think they just fit really well together. Set up clear expectations on how you'd like or need updates and the information uh, on what is going on. And we need to find a way to minimize the number and frequency of written updates you require as it takes people away from their primary roles. If something is produced naturally by the process, then if you can utilize that, that's just so much easier. I agree 100%. And this, this aligns a lot with, we've talked about situational leadership, right? Where you have basically a good leader uh, is, knows his people and knows uh, what the skills of the person are and the will, you know, skill and will and the situational leadership model. And so part of the amount of updates um, can be based upon what you know of that person and how best to support that person. So of course, someone who is brand new, keen, might not have as much information. It may have to be more frequent. Uh, those that really, I've been doing this for years, I know what to do and I'm excited about the project, doesn't have to be that often. So what is needed in this moment with this person in order to make them more successful with the idea of, as you've said in the second point, is really to extending that. So less is better, uh, but what is needed. Uh, and then over time, you can, you can, the frequency can be reduced as they gain skill and confidence in the project itself. But laying it out up front, boy, it's again, uh, really powerful. Yeah, I think uh, the frustrations I've had or caused, and uh, I think I have to own this as well, is it's nice when it's the reporting period is consistent. Because when you start throwing in ad hoc requests for information, great, for two hours now, I can't do what we're supposed to be doing and I have to come up with something to meet this need. And we all know, Greg, that there's times when additional information is needed. It's very situational. Maybe your boss has to talk to their bosses about what's going on. But I think we need to be really mindful that a consistent reporting uh, sequence uh, or pattern is so much easier on a team working on something because they know when something's due. 
And th there might be, you know, one-offs where you have to come up with something quick. And that's where I think uh, using naturally produced uh, information within the team, within the processes are the best. But if we can lay off uh, that, unless it's absolutely necessary, because teams get into a rhythm, right? They know, okay, every Friday at 10 o'clock, we have to give a situational report. That's great. Well, if you come in on Monday morning, they say, listen, in two hours, we need something. Well, what were we supposed to be doing at this time? Like it's taking away from that. And I, I as, a, as a leader, uh, I've been guilty of this. It's just so important not to rock the boat unless you really, really have to. And if you do, is there something that we've already produced that can fill that gap and, and can be used to uh, notify the people on the way up or maybe some stakeholders or whatever? Yeah, I, I love that. And the other thing I would say is that whole idea of written updates, uh, be, keep it simple. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday, uh, coaching someone yesterday who's, who they had developed a whole bunch of quarterly updates, but it was so complicated that it just drained everybody. So he's gone back and actually he said, you know, like key performance indicators, key should mean few. Maybe it's uh, maybe it should be FPI, few performance indicators. So uh, pick the things that are most important and most important maybe to report up, uh, most important to ensure that you have compliance or whatever you need, but have those things really crisp. Less is better, um, aligned to both what they are and why they're important, and then go with that. I'm huge into that. You know, I come from, uh, you know, the police background initially, and uh, there isn't anything that can't be written in a page and a half. Yeah, Nobody yeah. reads it after that. So you learn to be clear and concise. And part of that's also understanding what your boss needs. And that's kind of a relationship piece. Your boss should be very clear what they need the information for and who the audience is and, and all those things. And we've talked about this in other podcasts, but uh, I really, really like that. So the next one is... Uh, you know, respect the hierarchy of the group going around a leader, especially without notice is seen as a lack of trust, not only in the leader of the group, but the rest of the group as well. They see that there's no way you can change those optics. Yeah. And you know what, it, this is, this is, this can be really tough too. If you, especially if you're a very social leader, um, there's not even an attention. It's just that I, I want to connect with people. So, okay. They want to talk about it. Uh, and, and that, but that still leads to that lack of trust and confusion. So you, you need to be really uh, thoughtful about this uh, and, and redirect uh, and say, that's a fantastic idea. Uh, have you shared it with Alistair yet? Uh, he's the lead of the project, but I would encourage you to do that. But I like, so you can encourage and still have that connection and then redirect it to where it's supposed to be redirected. I agree. I, I think it's uh, as a leader or a manager, there's a certain uh, aspect of discipline that we need to exercise. And, and, you know, you kind of touched on it there, but I also think as a, a person leading a project, uh, one of the things you should talk about as a group that, listen, if one of the bosses comes and they want information, let's tell the whole group about that request and let's talk about it. So we all know about it. So we all know what's going out the door because we might not all understand the whole project and any information that we give out without context and without understanding how it fits into everything else can be dangerous. People could be acting on that information and they might not have the whole picture because not all of us in the project probably have the whole picture. So I think discipline by managers in not creating confusion and discipline within the group that if somebody is asking us for information, let's put all our heads together and make sure 
that number one, the information should be going out. And if it does, that we understand what the request is, is for what its intention is and that we're giving them the proper information. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And the next one, uh, communications is so important in all directions. And we've been talking about this, I think in every point we should be talking, you know, if, if you, Greg and I, you know, we're working on a project and somebody asks me a question, you know, I should be texting you or walking over to you or phoning you and say, listen, you know, John just asked me a question about this. How do you feel about this? Uh, uh, you know, I've got some reservations about putting out information at this point, we're in this critical point or, or whatever, but we should have those conversations. And I think up and down, sideways, whatever it is, that's the key to success. Yeah. And you know what? I, I uh, often will, uh, I've, I, I've helped design a number of communication strategies and, and they're, they're not that difficult uh, uh, if you think of them from a simplistic perspective. And again, at the beginning, say, as we go through this, who are the most important people that we're communicating with? Who are the stakeholders that need to know? Uh, when do they need to know and how best do we communicate them and how often do we communicate? Let's just let's just talk about that up front, setting again a little bit of that framework, not that too complicated, but then allows you to flow more effectively that communication. And, you know, automatically after a meeting, you know, the summary of the meeting goes out, you know, or whatever those things might be. This is our natural cadence and rhythm of our communication that that saves so much time as well and ensures the consistency. Exactly. And remember that as a manager, if you're difficult to work with, people will not want to work with you in the future, no matter how juicy the subject matter is. Yeah, yeah. You make your, you create your own narrative uh, by how you uh, are as a leader. And uh, boy, oh boy, those stories spread. <laughs> they certainly do. And you live with it. Like, you know, we've talked about for every bad incident, it takes what, seven 10 really good exchanges to erase that or you know, resolve that those concerns about you. Yeah, exactly. And we've already talked about being in control of yourself, but uh, we wrote down another point here, which kind of, I think, investigates that a little bit more. Be reasonable. Be in control of yourself. Know what you need as the process unfolds and figure out a way to get whatever it is without derailing or slowing down the train or upsetting the passengers on the train. Yeah, and you know what? Often it comes back to that communication piece because if something's bumped, stuff does come up then go to the lead. Uh, you know, like uh, many people have established races, right? So uh, responsibility, accountability, uh, um, inform, race, the uh, consult, consult, inform. So having a clarity around that OS, but, but if something's changing and you're the boss, go to the person who's the lead and say, hey, something's come up and I just want to check in with you and see how, what's our best approach to, uh, to managing this that's all you need to do engage them in it and it may be yeah well then can you take the lead and uh, as my boss and bring that into the meeting i'd really appreciate it. but it holds the ownership where the ownership needs to be and it shows that you're valuing them as the lead of the project i like that i really like that respect the person leading the effort you pick them for a reason let them do the job for you and uh, there's been times in my career throughout the various organizations I've worked where, you know, somebody's gone, listen, they're just not doing the job. And to me, it's like, then pick the right person to do the job. If this is the right person, then you have to let them do the job. You have to let them, you know, expand, learn, uh, find their place. And it's hard. Like that's part of leadership sometimes sitting there watching somebody do something, knowing that you could probably do it more efficiently, but you have to bring them along. If these people have the skills, 
you have to let them do it. They're not you. Yeah. And, you know, if there's a blow up or if there's something that you're seeing as a leader, key is accountability just to come to them and say, hey, Alistair, uh, I picked you on this project because of blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm noticing some things and I'm a little worried about them. And I just want to understand maybe what's going on. Here's what I'm seeing or here's what I'm hearing. Um, let's talk about it because I want you to be successful. And part of me wanting you to be successful is, is highlighting if I think things are maybe not quite on the rails and, uh, and wanting to be able to support you ensuring that they're on the rails. And you never know, because sometimes, you know, we put on a false face and we don't want our boss to feel that we're failing. Um, a key of great leaders is recognizing where there are wobbles and uh, helping to de-wobble the situation. And that's our job as leaders when we see that, right? To go in and support, give guidance, listen, sometimes correction. It's, it's our job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, I wasn't sure if we should put this one in or not, but if you pick someone you knew they couldn't do the job or you couldn't trust them, that, and that's a totally different problem. Yeah, that's, uh, that may be a lack of courage up front. Uh, it may be a lack of knowing your people as well as you need to know, but, but it's definitely a problem. And so you need to think about, uh, again, it's that upfront uh, as you're assigning a project, really be thoughtful around who is the person, what do they need from me? And then having that upfront conversation with them around expectations and clarity and all those things. So as employees, there's a couple things that we can do to assist in these situations. I mean, I think we had 11 points there for the managers. So we've, we've created this, I don't know, black cloud over it. I don't know, hopefully uh, not, but uh, as employees, I think it's important that we ensure we understand the expectations, both regarding the job and the reporting. It's that communication piece, like upfront, you need to know these things that, you know, who's in charge, who's doing what, and when do you want to know what we're doing? There's a certain onus on us to make sure that that's established as well. Yeah, there's great ways to do it, right? If you, especially if you know, I work for Alistair and I know Alistair is a guy who gets excited and going forward, then uh, preempt. And if, and if you're not going to do it, preempt it and jump in and say, hey, I'm so excited about you giving me the opportunity to leave this project. And I thought it'd be really helpful uh, to uh, kind of align to expectations, roles, and all of that type of thing. Lead the conversation in, in a dialogue with your manager. And you know what? If you're confident, if you've got enough uh, relationship with them saying, hey, Alistair, I know you love this topic. And, and uh, you know, you've shared earlier that you're, uh, you're working on trying to not get involved as much. So how can we talk about that as to what are our signals going forward? Take the lead. Uh, and uh, it will save you so much time. And the, the worst that can happen is what? The person will uh, not listen, and then you know what you're up against, and you have to figure out how to manage that. And I think the uh, next two uh, kind of feed off that as well. Just throw them together. Keep up the communications with everyone involved. And we talked a little bit about that already. And always ask questions to ensure clarity when dealing with the boss. There's nothing better than than asking a bunch of, of questions to make sure that we're all on the same page. And I've, I've had to stop a boss from leaving the room and say, listen, I'm sorry, Greg, uh, I need some clarity on something. I know we've been talking for 40 minutes, but I really, there's a, a couple questions in my mind. And could you just sit down for five minutes and just sort this out? And the rest of the group, please stay as well, because this involves all of us. I've had to do it. 
And I've had people do it to me. And I really, really, as a, as a leader, as a manager, respect it when people say, hang on, I, I don't, I don't have the full story here. Uh, I'm thinking about some things and we just need to nail this down. Yeah. And I always love building into the end of the meetings, which is let's, okay, let's just go through what we talked about. What are the next steps? Who's accountable and going forward? That's always a beautiful way. And if you got a manager who actually kind of leaps off, you know, take the lead and summarize and say, thanks, Alistair. It was a great meeting. Just, just to ensure we're aligned. Here's the key takeaways and here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do going forward. Sometimes they, sometimes your boss needs a little reinforcement um, because they forget. And then if they don't do it, then you can have the conversation with them. I just want to, you know, uh, kind of confirm what our roles are. And I'm just checking our, our episode list and something that might help uh, our listeners is uh, the staffer management meeting. That, there's some really good points in that one that uh, you brought up as well. So if people want to go back to that one as well, they might find some helpful things. That's great. And uh, th this, this, Point we've talked about i think in a couple other podcasts but it really fits in well with this topic is figure out the best way to communicate with your boss all the all bosses are different you know i'm different you're different is it in person on the phone or an e email combination is there a time of day that's better to catch them before business later on getting to know your boss is a really really helpful thing and uh, if you can you know tweak that communication to you know smooth everything out it's worth the investment I think that's a great, it's again, knowing your boss. And again, I would, the other thing I would say was knowing yourself, knowing how you're showing up, knowing how you, who you are connects with the, the person that your boss is. And those are all great things. Cause then you, then you learn how to communicate more effectively and what do they need in order to help them not uh, cross over those boundaries. That's cool. And the fifth one, work hard. Uh, as an employee, I tried to work really hard you know, effectively, uh, efficiently. And as a, as a manager, I liked it. I just like people that like to, that work hard and tell me what's going on and uh, let's get it on. So I, I just think that working hard, you know, we've all worked in different places where there's people that seem to cruise and there's other people that uh, seem to spend more time trying to get out of things than doing things. And there's those people that just get stuff done. And uh, I think it's really important as an employee that you work hard. And as a manager, I really appreciate the people that have worked for me in the past that just work hard. Yeah. That have that commitment uh, to uh, getting stuff done. So uh, wrap up, Greg. Yeah. For me, there's uh, just a couple things. Uh, one, I think is we started with this, know yourself. If you're the manager, know yourself. Uh, and know what you're passionate about and what gets you excited. And, uh, and that's the first thing. So how do I show up and what gets me excited? Know that because that will, if, if, if you are someone who shows up with a lot of energy and this happens to be a topic that you're excited about or really engaged by, ding, 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 ding. Be aware. This is, there, you are at risk of boundary crossing. Uh, so, so know yourself going forward. And then it's like almost all of our podcasts have that clarity up front with, with your, uh, the person who's leading, understand who they are and what they need, and then build in the, the, the checkpoints and the recovery strategies when you kind of mess up. Uh, and, and that will be so much more important to make success. And then on the other side, just as a leader, take the lead, help establish all of those things that I just talked about. Um, so those are the things that kind of bubble up. 
for for me in this area of boundaries because it can be so the effectiveness of a leader can be so powerful by giving freedom and supporting people in it and it can go way out of control when inadvertently you cross the boundaries and enter into this really messy territory i like that to, for me uh uh i agree with everything you said and uh, i think the two points that strike me in this conversation uh as important is as a as a manager as a leader is that self-awareness who am i what pushes my buttons and when you do cross the line, uh, have a boundary crossing, which I like. Uh, you've said a few things here, and it's going in the description of the podcast, buddy. You've, <laughs> given, it, you've given it to me again. You've uh, done my job for me. But you know, when you do cross that line and you realize it, and you, you bring it back, you know, have a conversation with the person. Let's make sure we're on track again, and and that I'm getting everything I need as a leader. I think that's so important. And I just think the communications is so, so important. So many people uh, don't feel comfortable talking to their boss or maybe talking to a more senior person on the team. Uh, they might have some great ideas. Maybe they just, they're new. Uh, I love new people sometimes. It can get a little frustrating when they ask a lot of questions, but they, they ask the best questions and it's worth the time for somebody to work out uh, as they're new onto something, as they work out what their place is, what they're supposed to be doing. It, those questions are invaluable sometimes. So I really like uh, the communication piece as well. Yeah, I agree. We hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that uh, anything we say you didn't find offensive or made you angry. But I, in this one for sure, Greg, uh, your, uh, your philosophy, I think we need to talk about it again. Yeah, you know what? I, we always end our, each of our podcasts with uh, uh, something that I learned from a great coach, and I try to do this as well. And in, in the very best sessions, coaching sessions, uh, are ones in which you leave with a little bit of joy and a little bit of churn or, or uh, being maybe a little peeved or angry or disturbed. Um, uh, the joy is, you know, you recognize things that you're doing well, that you're actually making tractions uh, towards strengthening yourself as a leader and the churn or the peeve or the crunchiness whatever you want to call it is when something hits you and say oof or you might disagree with something whatever those emotions are think about it and say okay what do i need to learn in this moment and how do i apply it and in both joy and peeve or churn you learn great things and so we hope that in these dialogues that you will maybe get a little bit of both and more importantly, uh, reflect and learn of how this might apply to your situation and how it might make you a better leader or a better team member. I like that. I really do. So take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>